Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, one of the fastest growing movie podcasts in the world, where we discuss all things film. On this episode, we discuss the French Dispatch. Hey, movie friends, welcome back to the show. This is Anthony. And I'm James, and this is our review of The French Dispatch. It's a love letter to journalists set in an outpost of an American newspaper in a fictional 20th century French city that brings to life a collection of stories published in The French Dispatch magazine, directed by Wes Anderson. Bunch of screenwriters. We have Wes Anderson, Roman Coppola, Hugo Guinness, and then also Jason Schwartzman as a co-writer. And it's, it's always so refreshing to see a, a Wes Anderson movie because... No one makes movies like him, the way he uses, you know, old cameras, old film stocks, and he makes his films look like they were made like 60 years ago on Ageless, and, you know, his combination of stop motion, he has some animated bits in here, so nobody does what he does, and he's always a breath of fresh air nowadays where so many movies you see in theaters are either big budget blockbusters or, you know, superheroes here and there all over the place, so... He's always so welcome in a theater, and I really love the guy, and this is really uh, one of his most Wes Anderson-y, this is his most Wes Anderson-y movie. Probably. It has impeccable detail. It's it's very meticulous when he went into production on this, just the sets, the wardrobe. There are so many characters in it, so many storylines, tons of tiny little details, every scene, every shot. It's all there on purpose, and... I, I, I enjoyed it, but I think in terms of if I gave it a score, I'd probably go like 7 out of 10 because there, it, the way he tells the story, it's like it's like a magazine, basically. You're going through like different pages and different sections, which is obviously really interesting, and I get what he's doing. But I think that – so there are like three main stories to this film, and I think that one of them is very interesting. The other two are kind of meh, and I think that overall the, the, the storylines and the plots were a little overcomplicated to kind of completely follow the whole time. Yeah, and but first of all, I'll say this: you this is probably it has to be the best cast ever assembled. Maybe I'll, I'm just gonna read some of the cast. This is just some of them: Bill Murray, Owen Wilson, Elizabeth Moss, Jason Schwartzman, uh, Angelica Houston, Tilda Swinton, Benicio del Toro, Adrian Brody, Leah Sidhu, Henry Winkler, Bob Baladin, Francis McDormand, Timothy Chalamet, Lena Kudry, Rupert Friend, Jeffrey Wright, James uh, Matthew Almerich, Stephen Park, Leah Schreiber, Edward Norton, Willem Dafoe, Saoirse Ronan. This cast is insane, and it's so much fun. To see all these amazing actors in one movie, it's yeah, pretty wild. it's pretty wild. And, um, but also, I agree with you because, like you said, this movie, Wes Anderson intended it to be like the experience of like you're reading a New Yorker magazine from page to, to back, from, from, cover, front to, from cover to back. And he, it's basically a set of short films with this, this movie's made up of. And it can be a little overwhelming in terms of – he's had plenty of movies with large casts, but – this time, there's like 40 leads of the movie, and it's kind of hard to keep track of everyone. And it kind of you kind of get lost in what's going on, who who's who, and the emotional stakes and com- conflicts of each short story kind of teeter out where you're not too emotionally invested by the third story. But that being said, it is an unbelievable job of craftsmanship. The crew on this film did amazing work. This should definitely get nominated for cinematography, production design, directing, unbelievable. Uh, and I would say the essentially the leads of the movie are Benicio del Toro and Jeffrey Wright and then Tilda and then um 
Timothy Chalamet and Francis McDormand. I'd say those are the four main leads of the movie. Lea Seydoux has a lot to do. Yeah, she has a lot to do. Um, Tilda Swinton works kind of as a narrator for us. So uh, I think that you could say Benicio Del Toro and Jeffrey Wright have the most screen time and most dialogue. Yeah, I think Benicio's story where he's this painter in prison, that's the most fascinating story. Him and Adrian Brody are basically the leads in that short story. I I think that was the most fun. And, And I feel like that was the most... Like, if that was the story, the main plot of a Wes Anderson movie, it totally would have worked fine. And then the second story is of Timothy Chalamet's character, and he's like this young uh, uh, protester, activist, and he's trying to get this manifesto made. And it's really interesting, and I like how this one—actually, in all the stories, he goes back and forth between black and white and color. And, Mm -hmm. like, at first I thought he was doing it because he's going back in time. But it seems to be like maybe it's something to do with when you're reading a magazine, you're w- looking at color photos, then you're reading black and white print, or just to change the moods of the sets and settings. I think it's that. I, I think it's the I, first I, one. I couldn't really. I've, I've been trying to. Th- I've been thinking about it and trying to figure out why he did it, and that's that's the only thing I can think of at the moment. And also, when he does reveal color, it's usually in a big moment, like when you see the paintings. Bene- when you see Benicio del Toro's characters painting for the first time, Moses's paintings in the prison. The murals yeah. that he made at first he shows it in black and white and you can't really tell what the painting is because there's texture but you can't really see it but then then wes anderson reveals the color and it, it just pops to life and it's an amazing shot when you see the the pinks and the yellows and the oranges mixing together in these murals and it's really a fascinating way to tell the story and i agree i think that the prison story with Benicio del Toro's character and Adrian Brody, Moses, and Julian as a brilliant painter who's been locked up in prison for most of his life, and he makes a, a final masterwork. Really, really great story, and I think that, I agree with you, if that was the movie, I would have probably liked it better. Yeah, and then the third story was of the police commissioner and his son and yeah. the chef, and also Jeffrey Wright is like the the writer who, he's like the, the lead of that short story telling mm-hmm. the the story from the past that he's writing about. And yeah. It's all kind of put together and, and cohesively connected with Bill Murray's character, who is the editor of the French Dispatch, as well as like all his writers and everything. So it's all kind of, I guess, connected in that way. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I didn't really feel a great connection with all three stories. I, I wish maybe if they were connected better, I don't know, I just because they, they were so separate. It, well, that was his intention. That's the intent, yeah. Because it's like you go through a magazine like this and you're reading these different stories that the journalists spent months writing and researching. So he he accomplished what he was doing. I just think it might have worked better as a miniseries, this, this intention he had for how to tell a film. Um, but o- otherwise, like this is a really beautiful film. It's got amazing music and this cast is really exceptional. And Wes Anderson is, you know, we needed to keep seeing films like this because he's an important filmmaker in terms of keeping like the love of film alive and cinema history alive you know he's one of he's he's the only one who's doing what he does and yeah. hearkening back to how films used to get made so it's it's a really fascinating to film to watch visually easily his biggest production like yeah. the sets are massive and enormous and there's there there are some great long takes of walking through several types of sets and sometimes he's meta about it he, he like shows you like you know this is a set but we're gonna have fun with it and um, I think that playing with that and then, again, the attention to detail in every shot, every scene, the cinematography is fantastic. I, I overall had a great time watching this, although I was a little distracted in the first uh, – well, the first the first 15 minutes, we were laughing hysterically The non-stop. first 15 minutes is some of the funniest stuff he's done. Although I yeah. was distracted for a couple minutes because I was sitting next to this guy in the theater, and he spilled his entire beer <laughs> on the young woman he was with, and I felt so bad because – 
he just spilled an entire beer on her right at the start of the movie, which is oh my God. 16 ounces of beer on your lap. It's not a good time. And um, they ended up leaving. So I, I was distracted for like three minutes of them just like kind of like her being like, I can't believe you spilled the beer on <laughs> I felt so bad. I saw them leaving, but I thought that they didn't like the movie. And I was like, oh, they must not know Wes Anderson movies. So I was like, idiots. Yeah. <laughs> because you got to you gotta like Wes Anderson to, to like go, this, go movie. To this movie. Because yeah. like the Grand Budapest is his masterpiece. And that's just one of the best movies I've seen in the last 20 years. You know, that movie is incredible. It's not that level, but it's so different. Like you said, it's the most Wes Anderson-y Wes Anderson movie he's ever made. Yeah. I would say my critique of the film is he made it very way too specific. It's just like he already has a specific audience. He already has like 1% of the population enjoys his movies, maybe even less than that. Yeah. So there's a very small specific audience of Wes Anderson fans and they love him. But even with this movie, he 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 narrowed down the audience even more where I think a lot of people who love Wes Anderson can even watch this movie and not really understand what he was doing because he made it so specific to just like his humor very intricately. And so it can be overwhelming and it can be a lot to take in at times. And so I think for audiences, even fans of his might watch this movie and be a little underwhelmed and a little, you know, overstimulation, I think, is a problem with this movie. Maybe, just yeah. A lot of characters. A lot, lot, of, lot of dialogue. A lot of dialogue. And a not lot. just dialogue, but articulate dialogue. Yeah. So if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss a lot of things going on. Exactly. So I think there's just a lot going on in this film. Then it's it's a bit of a, a, a bit hard to keep track of everything. Yeah. The acting is phenomenal, though. Yeah. And so I overall had a great experience watching it. I, I definitely want to watch it again, so I can't wait till it's out on like VOD or yeah. we can rent it, so I can get another viewing in. I feel like it's a movie that the more times you watch it, the more you like it. I think the more so you too. Love it. So I'm I'm looking forward to the next viewing. Um, one one con I had was Elizabeth Moss's character wasn't really in this movie she very didn't much. Say anything. I was surprised. I thought she was gonna. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply have more to do in the film because like she's in the trailer a couple of times yeah. like, oh elizabeth the moss such a great actress one of my favorites working today and she just kind of had like a couple shots here and there a couple lines of dialogue that's ultimately i can agree in terms of the is underwhelming in terms of like the trailer i think was amazing yeah and then when you watch the film like an example of elizabeth moss where she doesn't even say a, i think she says one line she has a couple lines and i was like Halfway through the film, I'm like, oh, Elizabeth Moss and Owen Wilson aren't even in this movie, really. They just have a couple minutes. Jason Schwartzman's got, like, two lines in this as well. Yeah, I, I noticed he, he said, like, one or two things. And I like how Tony Rivalori was in it, though. Yeah, he was a great cameo. Yeah. But in, even Bill Murray only says a few things. So I was surprised because of the way the trailer marketed it. I thought the, I thought the movie was going to be about that the room of journalists, about, yes, me about too. them. But it's about their stories. I thought Bill Murray was going to be the lead of the movie yeah. going in. That's the that's the way the trailer was marketed. Is, is like it's Bill Murray as the lead because I feel like he was the most featured in the trailer. Yeah. So I think it was a, a little bit of a the marketing kind of confused us in terms of what we were walking into. Yeah. But overall, definitely check it out if you love Wes Anderson. Um, yeah. If you're a Wes Anderson fan, this is right up your alley. We're not saying we didn't like it. We loved it. We think it's a, a sensational production. And it's a very specific kind of humor. And if you already like Wes Anderson, you're going to like this movie. Yeah, but, you know, we're just giving our honest opinion, our yeah. honest takes like we like we always do. But yeah. overall, if you love great acting, great writing, and great set design and Wes Anderson, you'll have a blast.
So thanks so much for tuning into this bonus review, which spoiler is, free, which is ad free thanks to our amazing patrons. They're so amazing. So go check it out. It's got a wide release now. It's opened in just fifty something theaters, but now mm-hmm. now it's everywhere pretty much. So go check it out. Raiders of the Lost Podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.